1: Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Gambling Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Got the three-man weave back together again to start the new year. Corey Parson, that's myself, Ben, and Frankie. Gentlemen, happy new year. How's everybody doing? Ben, how was your weekend?
2: Weekend was good. It was a, it was a solid Vegas Whispers weekend. So shout out to Frankie and the rest of the team for some incredible plays over the course of the week. Uh, especially on Sunday. I, a lot of people were looking at a packed day of of NFL action, but uh, the college basketball plays were insanely sharp, including right here in Kansas City with UMKC uh, with an astounding win. So, a lot of fun over the weekend. Hope you guys are enjoying the start of new year, of, uh, of your new year.
1: No doubt about it, Frankie. What's going on on you on, on your end,
3: my man? uh It don't look like the Vegas Whispers crew is eating ramen noodles, do it? No, not at all. I mean, it, it was a little bit uh, upsetting to watch that backdoor. Uh, uh, kind of games that we were going through, especially after that Alabama allowing a touchdown with only 56 seconds left, prevent, preventing a win uh, for us over Notre Dame as they only came up 17 point victors instead of covering the full 19 that we would have liked. Uh, so I was a little bit concerned. And and normally, guys, historically, week 17 is a week that I normally do not like, and it's a very yeah. difficult week to bet because it's virtually like you're betting on preseason games. You don't know which one of these teams or how any you know. Specifically 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 which players are going to be packing it in, looking forward to the offseason, wanting to protect their body, um, and teams that are also going to be in full tank mode, i.e. the Philadelphia Eagles on that Sunday night game. But, boy, did it come into strong fruition yesterday. An overall day of 13-5 and five against the number with all plays shared in the Discord chat, whether it be live in-play wagers, pregame wagers. So what a solid game, a solid day overall. And it was a solid weekend. It was a nice bounce back after having both those uh, – Bowl games go sideways as Clemson was also a complete no show. But what a way to bounce back! And Vegas whispers continues to just you know keep that train moving strongly along, and hopefully we can continue doing that once again. Because guys, as we know, it's important to highlight last year the Vegas whispers sharps they went seven and zero against the number in the in the uh, playoffs. Leading up to an eventual ATS win with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So hopefully they can remain perfect because that's what we're all looking to do. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can imagine we can get another one like that another the 7-0 ATS spread in the 2020 season. It'll be a great thing to have. So hopefully I'm looking forward to all the Vegas whispers information that's going to come up as we get closer to kickoff on Saturday and Sunday.
1: No doubt about it. And I was going to mention the Vegas Whisperers. Uh, great schedule. I mean, excuse me, great record. Um, from last year, before we hop into taking some of the early looks at these big football games coming up in Frankie a little bit later on, I want you to pull up some basketball numbers for me because I saw something interesting and I want to um, bring it to your attention and see what you think about it. But, um, Ben, the situation with Doug Peterson, um, he did he have his life savings on the Washington football team on the money line? Oh, was this an egregious move as everybody is saying it is around the NFL circles today? When Doug Peterson basically, I mean, listen, tanking has always been done in the NFL, but it's been done subtly. This right here was not subtle.
2: No. And and if you agree, if you read Michael Rosenberg's column over at si.com, he talks about the They'll idea of how the NFL could use a draft style lottery and then you could actually maybe make it a better argument for further competitive balance over the course of the year. You're right, Corey. Like there's always going to be some element of tanking when you're a team that is certainly in need of a quarterback or maybe you just know that that's just not going to be your year. And I don't really have a whole lot of issue with what Doug Peterson did. I think the issue became us watching it in primetime, having it be the only source of conversation. If this happens in the early Slater, in that late afternoon Slater, I don't think the conversation is as prominent. But it happened in the fourth quarter in a game that Philadelphia had a chance to win with the New York Giants having a chance to get into the playoffs had Washington lost and there's no argument that would be in favor of Philadelphia saying that they were playing to win the game. When you take out the quarterback, the most important position on the field that gives you the best chance to win. I I don't mind the decision that Doug Peterson, if he's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles coach long-term, tries to go from ninth in the draft to sixth in the draft. Like he is incentivized to be able to do that. The game doesn't matter for them. The problem was he tried to, he should have just come out and said, you know, we're at the beginning, Hey, we're going to give Nate Sudfeld the start for this game. We feel like this is an opportunity to learn and see what he can do and to see if he's going to be a part of our future. If he comes out ahead of the message, this is PR one hundred and one, guys, you come out, you own the message. Uh, the, the, the the payback is going to be a lot better than what he tried to do and get around it. So I don't have an issue with what he did. I just think the way it played out ended up looking far worse. Hey, Ricky,
3: your your thoughts. Uh, Listen, my thoughts, here's the thing. Why couldn't he be calling plays for the Seattle Seahawks in the fourth quarter? That's what I want to know because (laughs) that 35 point fourth quarter just sunk that under 46 and a half after only having nine points I was one of the few losers yesterday but uh, listen that was just blatant and it was crazy but I'll be honest I was on the right side because as you know um uh, I shared it over in the discord chat that my teasers and the late games I was not willing to touch the spreads and all I did was money line parlay first half games and to close out the entire slate. Was Washington money line first half and Washington uh, on the money line in parlays and minus a half in teasers and the Washington football team, you know, they they came through and they came through, you know, in scary fashion. Because I, I'm I'm a kicking myself a little bit today, guys. I have to be honest, I I really am because of the fact that I saw what I was watching, but I just felt at some point he was going to put Jalen Hurts back in, but why didn't I pull the trigger? and just keep firing and firing and firing until I maxed out all my accounts, as crazy as that may be, just continuously pounding the Washington football team because it was so clear what the Eagles were doing. And I had so many guys over in the Discord chat send me private messages afterwards and say, Frankie, how on earth were we not pounding Washington more and more and in-play live wagering after we saw... What Doug Peterson was trying to accomplish. And that's that's the one biggest thing I have a takeaway. I didn't, you know, really capitalize on that enough. I did capitalize on it and I'm very happy with the way I did, but I didn't capitalize on it enough in play wagering. I don't know if you guys were able to jump in and see what you were watching, but I was more astonished and I actually believed at some point he was gonna put Hertz back in. So I wasn't really willing to pull that trigger. But boy, I'm today sitting here Monday morning quarterback. I'm really kicking myself that I didn't really pound that. I was actually on the Dubs last night on the Golden State Warriors, so I really didn't have too much uh, interest
1: in the football team. That worked out well. Yeah, that worked out well after my Cowboys squandered uh, a chance to potentially. Whatever, it doesn't make a difference. You don't deserve. I I didn't want Mike McCarthy uh, 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 putting up a um, putting up a banner saying that he won the NFC East. Now, with that being said, I'm going to touch on Saturday right quick, and Ben. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook opened up Trevor Lawrence to be the number one pick in the draft at minus 2,000. Something in my heart of hearts says that Dabo Sweeney's going to talk this guy and come back to Clemson for a year.
2: No. Come on. I'm serious. Come on. Really? Serious. Yep. You really think that because either he could go to the Jags or to the Jets. I just look that... at how, the,
1: how it ended in Clemson. He has two victories. The win over Alabama, he looked very impressive. Last year, the win against Ohio State, he was the best player on the field. His other
2: two games in big spots, he played like trash. But the crazy thing is, is that he can, I guess, I guess from the perspective of trevor lawrence like he doesn't have to go out and and get his money like he should like he's going to be the number one pick bearing anything crazy happening like jacksonville hiring urban meyer and even if that's the case Shad khan came out today and said he's still gonna have full control of the roster so good luck with whoever you try to bring in as a general manager for that like and if that's the case does does they do they still consider you know Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence I, Don't,
3: don't I downplay that enough though Ben, don't downplay that enough because you don't want to know something, there was a lot of people that were sitting out there that said that if the Arizona Cardinals bring in Cliff Klingsbury, they already have Josh Rosen they invested a first round picking him, there's no way that they're going to do that and you don't want to know something, he wanted Kyler Murray, if Urban Meyer goes there with the way that this kid is playing right now, if Justin Fields goes out there and throws four, five, or six touchdowns Again, in the national championship game against the Alabama defense now, there's going to be a lot of talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and especially if Urban Meyer goes there with Justin Fields being the number one overall pick and leapfrogging, you know, possibly uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think that, you know, I I don't think – listen, I would have said that if Corey would have said these words and uttered those phrases last week, I would have said, Corey, listen – you know, uh, too many trips to the garage. Yes, too many <laughs> trips to the garage. I do not know how to quite phrase that, but yes, that, 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 that's what I would have said. Or the front stoop, or the back porch, somewhere around. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But you
1: know, but, but it, how
2: many? But how many times, Frankie, have we had the conversation? Like, I all of this makes sense, and I wouldn't put anything past any. It teams, is. It is. Like it is Jacksonville. New York. Yeah,
3: it's it is it's Jacksonville, Jacksonville
2: but like, but like up until up until uh, New Year's Day. Justin Fields had gone from being the number 2 quarterback selected to the number 3 because Zach Wilson from BYU catapulted him. Like this is how much these things move and we've known for the last what 3 years that Trevor Lawrence was probably going to be that undisputed number 1 quarterback selection. So I just have a hard time of envisioning a scenario in which he comes back to college plays for free Possibly, unless he goes and puts a, a massive insurance policy on himself, he probably has one of those already. Yeah, like if, if it's that worth it to him to play one more season in Clemson, try to play with fans, earn another national championship, then I, I listen. He's he's a, he's a kid. He has the opportunity to go and, do, and to go and do whatever he wants to do. I would just be. Be fuddled at the decision.
1: Okay. And then also, and I, you know, you you mentioned that, and, and that makes perfect sense. And Frankie, you also mentioned the point that I was going to bring up to you Justin Fields, right now, plus 700 on the DraftKings Sportsbook to be number one pick in the draft. And you think that that actually could be a possibility, especially if we see him go down and take down the Crimson Tide. But Justin
3: Fields is also very fresh. They only played seven games this year. No, they did only play seven games. But if we come out and we – listen, I think the one thing we have to do, we have to, you know, preface this with an important caveat. I think that we all can agree that the Clemson Tigers defense was absolute trash. You know, he was 22 of 28 for 385 and six touchdowns. If he does – anywhere close to those numbers against an Alabama defense that I have complete respect in and is arguably one of the top defenses in the entire country, which Clemson is far from. If he puts up those kind of numbers, there is going to be strong talk that Justin Fields could be the number one pick overall. And I think that's crazy to say, but that's even if Trevor Lawrence even decides to come out. But what happens, you know, Corey, you could be onto something too. What happens if he puts up those kind of numbers and now all of a sudden Justin Fields has all this talk where everyone's saying he should be the number one overall pick. Does that lend credence to your belief that maybe he's talked back in by Dabo Sweeney and he goes back for his senior season? Maybe he wants to be the number one overall pick and with all that hype and and the two strong performances, if Fields goes out and puts up those kind of numbers against the Crimson Tide, then I'm a believer. But if he comes back down to earth and posts the numbers like he did only two weeks ago against Northwestern, who is a much better defense than Clemson, then I'll say, you know what? This thing is clearly minus 2,000. That's the right side. As much as I would never want to lay it, I would just tend to agree with it. But but I'll be honest with you. If he puts up any kind of those numbers against Alabama, then you know, let's see what happens. But he does have that fallback already. You're already hearing the whispers. The whispers are... The whispers are, can he recover from that rib injury and in that big hit? Because he already has some fallback. So if he struggles in this game, then a lot of people are going to say, well, you know what? He struggled because he has that rib injury. Did he really struggle because of the rib injury? Well, because Alabama's defense is a legitimate defense. All right, more talk on the national championship
1: coming up a little bit later on this weekend. We let those odds shake out and form and 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 get into place, and then we'll come back and we'll hit you up and give you the full breakdown, let you know what it's going to look like. I want to run through some of these NFL games right quick for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, ben, let's start off with Bills and Colts. Bills open up as a seven-point home favorite against the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers.
2: Yeah, it was a weird, weird situation the other day to watch a possibility of the two wins for Jacksonville that could happen this year to come in Weeks 1 and Week 17 against a solid Indianapolis Colts team. And Jonathan Taylor took that narrative right out the window. Uh, He was the number one running back of the day, ahead of Derrick Henry, who had enough rushing yards to get past 2,000 on the season, and somebody that I still feel should be getting some consideration for MVP, considering I have 101 Uh, ticket on him. It's not going to happen, but regardless, maybe people will change their mind or maybe Aaron Rodgers will do something that takes him out of the running. It's not going to happen. Regardless, uh, you have Buffalo that, for all intents and purposes, didn't need to win that game against Miami, and they them. Like They just flat-out destroyed Tua Tagovailoa, the rest Woo-hoo! of Miami's offense. The, the defense just looked absolutely destroyed. Frankie was all over that place. A salute to him uh, for jumping on Buffalo, especially in that first half. But it really didn't matter. You could have taken him in the second half, and it would have gone just as well. But I-, I have a hard time looking at Buffalo right now and trying to figure out where their key weaknesses are right because Josh Allen uh, yeah he had an early interception but he's taking some great opportunities down the field he can still rush they still have two solid running backs in Singletary and Moss Stephon Diggs led the NFL in receptions this year and their defense from the midway point of of the second half have really started to turn around especially in pass defense and they look good even without Tredavious White on week 17 so I just don't know what Indianapolis can do right now especially with how beat up their secondary has been in the second half of the season to slow down Buffalo I think the pace so this game is going to be frenetic. I think you're going to see a decent amount of points on both sides. So uh, I'm probably going to consider the, the over here, but I really like Buffalo to cover the spread in the early game.
1: It's going to be the public opinion of everybody is going to be the back to back the Buffalo bills in this one, Frankie.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. I think that you're looking at the number one, most teased Team That will be involved in all teasers for this weekend. And I would not be surprised if the number one overall two team teaser that all books will be smacked with is the Buffalo Bills out of Pickham and Ben, cover your ears for this one the New Orleans Saints minus only two and a half. I believe that a lot of the books around town and over a DraftKings sports book as well will eventually move that Saints game to ten, ten and a half probably in that tail. range. Because once they hear that Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray are okay from COVID-19 and they're able to return because they're going to want to take away that opportunity of seven, two teams seven-point teasers being beyond, uh, underneath that prime number of minus three, getting that two and a half which is a huge difference in teasers so I think they're going to look to make everyone go to the minus three where it's a push or minus three and a half that you'll be forced to do if they move that line to ten and a half so if you're looking to play teasers and you're the book currently has that line up over at DraftKings Sportsbook right now I would be looking at Buffalo at Pickham and the Saints minus two and a half in the in that game right now, because I think that is the easiest money of the entire opening round in any wager right now, and I don't think that that number is going to be there once they rule Alvin Kamara that he is now good and good to go and has been cleared from COVID-19 as well as Latavius Murray, but you know, guys... It is a little bit scary. We'll see what happens because, you know, trying to be able to test negative after testing positive, sometimes these guys aren't able to do it in time, and that's going to be a big deal. But once they are announced in, mark my words, this number will steam to double digits and beyond. All right, Seattle Seahawks, home favorite versus the
1: Rams, Ben. And this is a game right here. Most people are going to be on the Seahawks, but the, the, the handles will be a little bit closer in these two, particularly when you look at that Rams defense. But Jared Goff is an issue.
2: Yeah, it's an issue. And I also think a lot of people are going to look at the performance of John Walford and say, well, he wasn't turning the ball over the way that Jared Goff had been the last couple of weeks. So, you know, they can win with him as long as he manages the game. But uh, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, it really does not indicate that, that John Walford, especially after a week of tape, is going to be the savior for the Rams. Now, they turned their defense around uh, in a key spot against Arizona, but how much of a turnaround was it? You know, Kyler Murray wasn't healthy. Uh, the, the Arizona. Uh, team has been going in, in a bad spiral the last couple of weeks. They played themselves out of the postseason uh, with two bad losses against San Francisco and, and now against the Rams without their starting quarterback. So I, I'm not necessarily buying in on the Rams. And remember, this is still the same defense uh, that lost to the New York Jets at home. So I, I'm very much on the Seattle train. Uh, I have been really since it started to become. Uh, you know, part of what we've seen from this defense that this turnaround is real. They're forcing turnovers. They're getting to the quarterback because you know, they weren't sacking anybody the first half of the season. So, uh, I, you know, I hate to, to back a, another favorite Uh, once again but I I just have a hard time getting away from from what I've seen out of Seattle and especially you know that that explosion in the fourth quarter from Russell Wilson knowing that he has two very capable wide receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett they're still starting to use Jacob Hollister a little bit more we saw different running backs in the mix uh, for them as well along with Chris Carson Uh, we saw Alex Collins who hadn't been fantasy relevant in about three years so like the, the Seahawks have some weapons, and I, I, even though their offense has been very inconsistent, knowing that their defense can start to put up these numbers and are coming in as hot as they are, I, I just have a hard time envisioning a scenario in which the Rams can, can you know, really contain here.
3: Where do you think this number gets to, Frankie? Um, I, listen, I think it all depends on one name, and it's a name that I used to love but not as much anymore because he's not playing on green and white, which I can't blame him, and that would be Jamal Adams. We know that Jamal Adams left late in the game yesterday with his shoulder injury. If he's not able to go on that back end, a big that's, loss. A, that's a huge loss. So my overall play on this game right now, what I'm looking at the most, is going over 42 and a half. i actually believe that there'll be a lot more points scored than a lot of people are envisioning, especially if Jamal Adams is not able to play. I really think that he was the only glue that was holding that. Seattle defense together at times he was you know what I think he set the record for the most sacks by a safety uh, in an NFL season if I'm not correct um so that'd be very good if he would have been a Dallas Cowboy but that's neither here nor there well you never know he's still unsigned so that there's still that possibility in the offseason that he signs with uh, Jerry and your boys I still actually believe that that's where he's going to wind up how about that I think that that's where he's always wanted to go his angle was always to go back home he wanted to get there and I think that he actually will become a Dallas Cowboy but we'll actually wait and see what happens there but if Jamal Adams is not able to go I actually believe that the over is something that you're really going to want to target because I think that you're going to see a lot more points scored in this game than, you know, than currently is being expected right now. The total opens at 42. It's gone. It's up to 42 and a half juice to the over over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And some places out here in Vegas are already at 43. I think that, you know, if you can get this number at 42, it's a prime number. You don't want it to go to and you the other prime number. Once again, for totals would be 45. So I would want to take any number under 45 as well. Otherwise, if not, I think it becomes a target of an in-play live wagering. You know, maybe they start off a little bit slow, and if I can get over 39.5, over 40, that'll be something I'll be looking to do as well because I think eventually, like we saw yesterday, the 49ers were able to put up uh, points in that fourth quarter once Jamal Adams went out and that uh, 35-point fourth quarter. And I think that, you know, I think Russell Wilson will be able to put up points with that offense as well against this Rams defense that I'm not completely sold on because as you know, Ben alluded to, they lost to the jets. So if they could give up points, if any team could give up points and lose to the jets, then they're a team that I can't possibly put my money on backing them. But I think that I'm not so sure about wanting to lay the wood here with the four and a half, five expected. And maybe if this number comes down, maybe three and a half um, in that range, I would, I would be a little bit, uh, more intrigued by backing Russell Wilson. But here, my early lean is to be looking at the over, specifically if there is no Jamal Adams on the back end. It's got a, we got all week to get
1: into some football, so we'll get to and break down these, these full slate a little bit later on. But I do want to touch on one thing, and I think you really see the how good the schedule makers in the NFL are and how things shake out. We saw the NFC East be historically bad this season. So that means somebody had to get fat somewhere. And that division that got fat was the AFC division that played against the NFC East, the AFC North, taking three teams to the playoffs. We see the Cleveland Browns back in the playoffs. They go to Pittsburgh to take on the arch rival Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers opened up as a a three-and-a-half point favorite, Ben. Now, are these AFC North teams really that good? Or did they just beat up on the NFC East to inflate their schedules?
2: That's a fair question.
1: I would argue. I that think Baltimore's legit. Put it like that. I think Baltimore's legit. I don't know if Cincinnati all Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't know if Cleveland all Pittsburgh is legit. Right. Cincinnati.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> legit. Yeah. They're, they're legit. They're legit. They're legitimately bad. Um, I I will say this. I I think you're right. I think you're right, Corey. Especially when it comes to Baltimore. The problem is, is that you know they got they got that monster in the closet that they haven't been able to beat in the postseason last year with Tennessee coming in where they were the number one seed and just beating them down with Derrick Henry, who is as good as he's ever looked in the NFL. And right now, yeah, Baltimore, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, but that's not an easy matchup. And that's probably why you're seeing with Tennessee and the issues that they had all throughout that game against Houston with Baltimore coming in as hot as they are, only three and a half point favorites. I know that's not what you asked about, but I still think they're legitimate, but they're going to need to prove something. uh, And they should have an opportunity to do so, considering how bad that Tennessee defense has looked over the last several weeks. As for Cleveland and Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh changed their narrative a little bit in these final couple games of the season. They they could have laid down to the Colts, and the fact that they came back, and Ben Roethlisberger performed really well in that game. That was a game that, that the Colts needed to win. The Colts are a good coach team. They're a talented team. They have a really good offensive line. Um, but, but Pittsburgh got themselves back on track. And, and now you have Cleveland, who, yes, got the win they needed to, but it was against Pittsburgh backups in their home stadium. And now you're traveling to Pittsburgh, where... That was a big win for Ben Roethlisberger. Statistically, over the course of his career, he's been substantially better at home. But yeah, you know, after week 11, they were not the same team. Again, I'm trying to figure out what I see from Cleveland that scares me. You know, if I if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, because right now their their defense, especially in their secondary, has gotten consistently torched. And the last two weeks, they've had opportunities against defenses a with Pittsburgh not playing their starters, and b against the Jets that they had the ideal matchup in the run game, which is what they do best, and couldn't seem to deliver. They just they just didn't deliver with with both Chubb and Hunt. So either they're starting to wear down a little bit, and that's a concern for Cleveland. Um, And now they're just coming into this game just playing on whatever fumes they have left. And meanwhile, Pittsburgh is starting to get a little bit more energy back. I think in this particular matchup, while it's easy to look at Pittsburgh and minus four and say this is an opportunistic spot for them. I think both teams are going to go to the air here. And I'm starting to wonder whether or not this 46 and a half over might be the play, especially if the weather ends up being okay and we might see this number cross that number of 47. So I think my initial lean here is on the over between both of these teams that really are having all sorts of issues on the defensive side of the ball, but confidence in Pittsburgh's offense right now and and also Cleveland needing to try to figure out something because right now their, their, their running game hasn't necessarily been where it needs to be.
1: Frankie, who, which one of these AFC North teams are you the most confident in?
2: All right, yeah,
3: I think we'd be remiss if I didn't ask you guys this two trivia, this one quick trivia question, oh, sure. and I think that'll actually let you guys know which way I would be leaning. Which team of the what is it? Six games that we have this weekend. Which team heads into the postseason with the worst ATS record among all the teams? The, the worst.
1: The worst regular season ATS record would probably be the Tennessee
3: Titans. Nope.
1: Cleveland, I think it's
2: a Cleveland Browns.
3: Cleveland Browns, 6-10 and 10 ATS. So how can I possibly trust Cleveland if they've burned people that many times? They're the worst ATS team. The only way that they stay in this game is if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have monster games. Because I don't believe that Baker Mayfield can win a game on by himself especially with no OBJ I just don't see it so for me Pittsburgh may be one of my strongest plays of the entire weekend looking at it right now uh I just not so sure I know Ben was talking about the over I, I got a little bit of a win, just a little bit of slight whispers just a little little soft whisper that some sharp money arrived on going under this total early. Now I'm not so sure if this is not a head fake to get that number to come down and maybe go to 44 and a half in that range and then get smacked back at the kickoff because obviously we know 45 is a prime number that I referenced yeah. earlier that, that everyone's looking to play. So, you know, there is some numbers already offshore that already show 45 and a half on this game. So the numbers have come down a little bit. I'm not so sure if this money isn't to push the line in a certain direction as a head fake, but right now, for me, one of my strongest players all, all weekend long will be looking to back the Pittsburgh Steelers most likely in the first half as well as on the game. All right,
1: so here we go, right here. That's good stuff, right there. Don't forget, we're breaking down these wild card games for the rest of the week. Also, got the national championship coming up, so stick with us right here at SI Gambling and on the SI Gambling podcast. I want to hop in and talk some NBA right quick before we get out of here. And, and Frankie, if you can pull up some of those numbers uh, for me before we get into those numbers, and specifically, I wanted to ask Frankie uh, tonight. I do uh, the, the NBA executive rundown is already out. I am going with the. Toronto Raptors tonight we see some reverse teams hit that number obviously Boston Celtics are always going to be a big public favorite they Mm -hmm. come in as a dog and that number steams all the way up to five I think the Raptors are going to be sitting pretty tonight Boston is playing their fifth road game out of their last six games Toronto has been terrible this season but they're in a plus spot I also like the Indiana Pacers tonight catching a point and a half versus the Pelicans I think the I think uh, the public love Zion pushed that number up. I think it's a one possession game. So I'm dripping on the money line. Uh, ben, you had a play on this uh, evening too, as far as the NBA goes.
2: Yeah, a couple of them that I had. And again, I, I shared those with our, with our Discord audience over uh, as, with the SI Pro members. A couple of leans that I have tonight. Uh, I jumped on it early when I thought that Luka Doncic may not play for Dallas. And that was when Houston was at minus three, the line has since moved up to minus four and a half. And now some reports have come in uh, over the last 20, 30 minutes or or so of us recording the pod that Luka may likely give it a go. Um, I I know that changes the dynamic for Dallas, but, watching them play against a, an undermanned Bulls team uh, without their backup point guard Thomas Sadoransky without Laurie marketing with multiple guys out due to COVID uh, and Chicago just outplaying them and out hustling them other than Jalen Brunson coming to back to his hometown and, and putting on a show. But they needed Brunson to be spectacular to hang with the Bulls. whose only two wins over the course of the season have come against the Washington Wizards. So, All the other games, all their losses this year, they've been blown out. So that that was a bit of a a wake-up call. Now it's a back-to-back for Dallas uh, going on the road to take on Houston, another game on their road trip. So I I think that might be an in-play spot depending on where this line closes. Uh, I was able to get Houston at minus three. Uh, The other one that I like, uh, Domantas Sabonis of Indiana, uh, over five and a half assists. He's averaging just under seven on the season. Uh, Good matchup tonight against the Pelicans where he should be able to pass the ball out in plenty of spots. A lot of cuts from this Pacers team. Uh, I know he had four his last time out, but in every other game, at least in his last five, he's had that over uh, a five and a half assist. So I think he gets it again tonight. All
1: right. So the people's party tonight, right? I, I look at it last night <clears throat> when I came inside, and every day, on especially a non-game NBA slate, a straight-up dog is going to win, and I'm not talking about a one-possession straight-up dog like Boston is or like the or like the Pacers are. A six, seven point underdog will win tonight at some point. And it's kind of my job or our jobs to find who that dog is. Is it the Knicks? I, I look at the Knicks. Ah, because, I do. Because, and I'm not, I'm, trust me, I, have, I don't have a single dime on the Knicks as of yet because that money line, that Hawks minus 275 money line, that's a very parlayable money line. So I'm looking at this, a spot where the Knicks can do what teams haven't been able to do against the Hawks this season, and that's man up and play defense. The Hawks scored 141 points in Brooklyn a couple of nights ago. So that's the one that initially jumped out. So when I put together today's people pause, people's parlay, it was the 76ers, the Miami Heat, and the Sacramento Kings, the Kings being a favorite, Golden State coming off that big win last night. I'm fading them. And the Kings loses a back-to-back. If Tyler Hallett Halliburton was playing, they would have won one of those we if Tyrese Halliburton plays, I would have been all over this. I would, I would, I would have laid the two. Now, <clears throat> I do the I write the article, do the video, do all of this stuff. And Frankie, the 76ers money line went from minus 415 and it dropped to minus 335, And I said to myself, Oh god, are the Hornets the team? What are you seeing with that 76er money line right now?
3: Reverse theme. Jesus. Strong reverse team, <laughs> God, right? Right now, that, that you, know what, is, you can't.
1: You cannot bet these games until tip off.
3: You,
2: you really can't,
1: can't.
3: You can't. No. The, the NBA just—it's—it's it's unless success. you get on a
2: number that you really like early.
3: Yeah, because right right now, uh, while you guys have been talking, I sent a couple of texts out real quick. Got some immediate responses real fast, and the they are high, almost seventy six percent of the money here in Vegas, is on on the Sixers. They were minus nine. They dropped them down to eight. Yeah. So they dropped a the full point, despite the fact that their 76% of the money is on them. So right now, there is some strong, quiet, sharp money coming in on Charlotte. And I, I can't, I mean,
1: I can see it because you have Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham who can both get hot. And the Sixers tend to be a, they're playing good ball right now. But they do have a big spot coming up against Brooklyn this week. So they could be overlooking tonight's game. Yep, but I was ahead. worried. I was worried, Ben, that Frankie was going to tell me that the that that the sharp money was coming in on the Hornets.
2: I know. I, I know that that was a little bit of concern. I, I like Charlotte in, in their previous matchup, didn't end up coming through. I think it was against oh God, was it against Sacramento? I, I'm trying to remember who they played earlier in the, the week. Was Orlando? I, it might have been on Orlando because Orlando was starting to, to fall flat a little bit after a, a really strong start to the season. Hey, before we go, let me let me ask you guys one quick question because I know you guys follow college football a lot more than I do. And of course, you know, just to get this off my chest, Indiana, 7-0 against the spread all season long because they're my school. I didn't bet them once. This time, <laughs> I bet, bet them in the bowl game because I figured, OK, Ole Miss is missing. They're starting running back. They're number one, two, and I think three wide receiver, uh, and they lose straight up. So go figure. That's why I don't bet college football. I follow the experts. They were um, they were the
3: biggest favorite, I think, that went down straight up, no?
2: I, I I think you might be right. It was it was so Indiana football of them to be able to let that happen. But you got the Heisman coming up tomorrow night, and uh right now Devontae Smith, like six minus six hundred or so favorite over a DraftKings Sportsbook. I think the exact number is minus five sixty. Um when did he just surpass everybody to that level? Even Mac Jones, who was leading the way throughout most of the season, it was him and Kyle Trask going back and forth. He'd be the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since 1991 when Desmond Howard won it. I mean, is this Ooh, just? A- Howard,
1: I was going to say Tim Brown, Desmond Howard. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: Tim Brown was 1987. Desmond Howard was 1991. So it just doesn't happen that a wide receiver ends up winning the Heisman. Is there any chance any chance that you see any sort of value on Mac Jones? Because it's not as if his production slowed down. It was just that Devontae Smith's production just continued to skyrocket, especially in the second half of the season.
3: Me myself, I personally, I don't, I, I don't see it. I mean, yeah, th- this kid really shined, and he shined once again in the Rose Bowl. He showed you exactly. But, but, what went came, on. but, but, but votes came in before uh, the Rose Bowl. Uh, though, right? No, a hundred percent. But I mean, every, listen. Devontae Smith was supposed to be only the second option. Their star wide receiver then, true number one, is Jalen Waddle. But Waddle went down with that. Yes, he went down with the ACL injury. And Waddle is still probably going to be a first-round pick, just like Devontae Smith is going to be a first-round pick. So both of these players, but the way that he stepped up, guys, he has 20 touchdowns this year, 105 receptions. And just look over his last... Two games. I I know that we're not allowed to talk about it because the voting had already closed or whatever, but the the, the SEC championship game against Florida and the bowl game uh, semifinal uh, win over Notre Dame, 22 receptions, 314 yards, and five touchdowns. This kid has just been absolutely unstoppable, and that's why he came out of nowhere because, listen – Mac Jones has got strong numbers. 3,379 passing yards, 36 touchdowns. Clearly, you know, uh it, it had an outstanding season, but he didn't have that superstar season. He didn't have one of those, those moments where a lot of voters are going to say, wow, Alabama was down and Mac Jones brought them back. What they're going to look at, and I think what that's what they are going to look at eventually, is the fact that Mac Jones put up those kind of numbers, which was outstanding, don't get me wrong, but Who was the guy that was the beneficiary of all those numbers? And that would be a guy who wasn't even supposed to be the true quote-unquote number one because of Jalen Waddell was supposed to be there. It is Devontae Smith. And the numbers that he just put up, guys, almost, you know, literally 20, 20 touchdowns. The kid has just been an absolute machine all year. He is the single reason why that Alabama offense is so prolific and so dynamic. And not only that, guys, he also works on special teams. He's a dynamic yeah. kickoff returner, special team returner. He's just like the two players that you talked about. Tim he, Brown did it at Notre Dame. And, and Desmond Howard. And so Desmond can Howard, exactly. He can definitely get the job done. Before we get out of here, though,
1: I do want to say this. Mac Jones has a backup stigmatism to him because he was the guy that came in to replace. He came in and he backed up for Tua, and he was the quarterback right after Tua. What I will say is this, though. And Frankie, you let me know if you feel this way. I would say that right now, well, when let's just say when the when the 2021 NFL season starts, I would say that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua.
3: I um, I can't say I disagree so far, I, I always thought that Tua's accuracy might become an issue. He had such a great dominant offensive line and such great dynamic players. If you go back and watch a lot of the tape Of those SEC performances and a lot of the, even the games, listen, his signature moment was when he came back in the second half uh, and led, you know, Alabama to that championship. That was his first game
1: and nobody had
3: no tape on him. Exactly. And and listen, there was a lot of people in Tuscaloosa. My nephew goes there, you know, and listen, there was a lot of people that always felt that even Jalen Hurts was a better quarterback overall. And Jalen Hurts was forced to transfer and eventually go to Oklahoma and eventually, you know, compete for a Heisman trophy himself over there in a national yeah. championship. So Jalen Hurts was always a lot of people in Tuscaloosa always felt that he was the better quarterback than Tua. But Tua is a fan favorite in Tuscaloosa, and he's brought that to the NFL ranks as well. But I I think right now there's some talk over in, you know, in Miami Dolphin Land about whether at if they're sitting at number 3 What happens if one of those star quarterbacks, what happens if the Jets don't take Justin Fields or one of them doesn't take or Trevor Lawrence (laughs) and they're sitting there? What happens now? Because they are going to be in a quite, you know, a a dilemma to be sitting there and say, wow, what do we do now? Because right now, Tua, he's showing accuracy problems at the next level. But I will say this, though. We got to cut the kid a little bit of slack because I think he played this year when he didn't expect to play because they were talking about him not playing and they were going to bench him and they were going to give him time. I think he was a little bit hesitant with that hip injury. He didn't show his full self. He was not running the ball. He was, you know, he constantly looked to throw the ball away. I think that's what also brought down his, you know, his completion percentage. So I'm a little bit worried that those numbers could be skewed because I think he was protecting himself at a time when I don't think because of the Dolphins' run. And and you know, listen, we, we all sat here, we talked about it here on the Inside Gambling Podcast. Even you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick felt that he was fired from a job. No yeah. one ever expected to you know Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan to be benched. She
1: should never, should never feel that way. And but before we get here, I will I will say this: Miami Dolphins personnel around Tua needs to cater better to Tua. Gusecki is perfect for Tua. Parker and the other wide receivers are not really the type of wide receivers you need for a tour offense. And the Atlanta Falcons will take a quarterback in the first round of the draft. When you can bet that, go ahead and unload on that one. And cross your fingers, we are going to get that people's parlay home. For my guys, Ben and Frankie, it's Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive SI Gambling Podcast. Got plenty more coming up this weekend. We this week, excuse me, we are out.